Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. I'm excited to have our next guest, Scott Dodds, who is a community enablement leader and strategist. He's had an incredible career in the community industry, starting off launching Coros's first community and going on to build community engagement at Zenefits, Live Person, and Box. On today's episode, we will cover why SaaS is driving community growth, getting early adopters, measuring ROI, and so much more. Take a listen. Scott, we talk a lot about customer-to-customer marketing and community on this podcast, but not as much about customer enablement. Could you share what your definition of customer enablement is and how you've done it at companies that you work for? Sure. I mean, it's definitely one of those overloaded terms like community or engagement. For me, customer enablement, it's about empowering your customers to get the most value out of your products, whether it's by incorporating communities to foster encouragement and support, content to grow customer knowledge, expand skill sets, and identifying key touch points on the journey to engage. But simply put, it's about how can we help customers use more of our offerings and how can we do it at scale? You know, you actually... As much as I live in this whole world, I had never made this correlation until speaking with you a few months ago. And that is that the community industry has seen huge growth because SaaS companies need to keep customers coming back. Can you explain sort of how you think about that and why that is? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's also very, very much in line with the growth of customer success as an org. But yeah, I basically spent my career with tech companies as they've shifted away from enterprise software to managed service providers and then to software as a service and now cloud services. The transformation has been so successful that these tech-enabled subscription service models are penetrating into non-tech industries like entertainment, transportation, etc. And anywhere that there's a focus on recurring revenue over and beyond the first sale, that puts importance on that growth in product and service consumption over time. And then those companies who are focused on that will naturally look for ways to keep their customers engaged, to build those deeper connections, to enable them to use most of their offerings or more of their offerings. And communities are, of course, one of the most effective and scalable means to accomplish this. So it's, it's no surprise that they're kind of growing together as one. At Box, you were able to get a 4x ROI on your case deflection program. Can you give an overview of how you're able to achieve that? Yeah, first and foremost, it was by, I think, dropping our preconceptions and and listening to our community. So one of the first things we did was invite a range of currently active folks on the site and ask them what they liked, what they wanted more of, what they would change. And the biggest thing we learned was that customers didn't really see us as a community site or a support site. Uh, We weren't the sales team or the customer success team or the product team. We were all boxed to them. Uh, It was one brand, but we weren't engaging like that. We were engaging separately as a support, as product, as customer success. So the first thing that we did was reimagine it as a single experience that customers could engage with. And then by giving customers that one place to go as part of the box community, it also became easier to start integrating this one place into other parts of the experience, like our customer marketing campaigns or our product contextual help or product news and updates. 
And this drove greater awareness of the site across all of our customers. We were able as an organization to speak about this resource very consistently across the org. And we were able to drive greater awareness among our customers, greater traffic to the site, and greater engagement overall with the community. To be honest, it, Deflection was almost a byproduct at that point uh, when we saw the larger potential for value beyond support. Yeah, and I, at this point, I want to just be very transparent with the listeners that not only am I a customer of Box, I'm also a shareholder. And anything positive that I say is in part aimed at getting people to buy more box shares so the price goes up, um, <laughs> ultimately uh, creating better outcome for myself. Uh, but you at Box, you also partnered with the go-to-market and product teams to engage customers and user groups. How did you convince those teams to do that? Well, it absolutely didn't happen overnight, but I would say our success was around two things. Uh, leveraging our data, first and foremost, to show that those teams, that the customers that they wanted to engage with were there already. They were there in the community. They were there at our functions, our events, our user groups, and then being opportunistic to help with their initiatives when they were ready to engage. Uh, I think the first challenge that came to us was a beta program that the product team was trying to set up. And we showed them that we could meet their needs in this area in days, not months. We can find a way for them to engage online in the community with their with their beta teams. From there, we helped the marketing team get a version of their ROI calculator up on the site, but little things like that. And we showed that we could execute those in ways that other teams just weren't set up to do. Because, and again, we weren't a large team by any means, a very small, uh, scrappy little group. But because communities are by their nature are always sort of evolving and changing, we were much better prepared, I think, to execute in that way. And that built a foundation of trust and confidence that they needed when they set their sights on larger, more expansive initiatives. Now, you've built some great processes for getting user feedback to the developers to build into the product. How would you suggest a listener who's either, let's say, not experienced with it or not having success with it to do the same? Yeah. And again, I think it, it comes with building trust with those teams first. But I think it's important way to do that, particularly with development and product teams, is to understand what drives them, what gives them success, and equally, what keeps them away from it. Development teams all want feedback, but they're often measured by how quickly they can ship a quality product out the door. It's rare, in fact, that they aren't getting feedback. Frankly, they're often drowning in it from AEs, CSMs, executives, advisory boards, whatever. But we need to figure out how we can package up that feedback for them to make it easy to consume. Uh, how can we give them the data and the context around that feedback so they can make sense of it? And better yet, how can we show them how they can ask their customers for feedback when and where it will make a meaningful difference in their development cycle? So we need to put ourselves in their shoes and then figure out how to make it easy for them and give them what they need. Community can be really useful for getting early adopters for new products and services. How have you built early adopter programs in the past and what benefit did those programs bring to the company? Yeah, early adopter programs are really important. They bring, because frankly, they're your point in your launch where your vision first becomes reality. Sean O'Driscoll is someone that I listen to around this, and he is part of the Microsoft MVP program, once equated involving customers in product development as making them a part of the birthing process, as co-parents in its delivery. And I really believe that. Your community is a rich source of these passionate users around your product with crucial feedback, but they're also your potential first customer proofs, your launch stories, your customer advocates and product defenders when it first comes out of the gate. If you aren't leveraging their passion, you not only run the risk that they're going to be a vocal detractor during the critical first phase of your rollout, you're missing that huge opportunity for them to actually help accelerate your launch. So you need to bring them in as early as feasible, uh, ask their feedback, make a point in showing them how their feedbacks impacted your product, and then learn from them what it is that they're doing with it. 
Then, of course, with gratitude, ask them to come back and share this thing that they've helped make. Okay, with all of your community experience and customer experience, what would you say is the most important metric to measure when it comes to building a community? Uh, Well, this may not be the most satisfying answer for folks, but what you need to measure, it needs to be the same metric that your organization cares about or a proxy for that metric. So there's no magical number or silver bullet or anything here, but you need to thoroughly understand your business and what numbers that your boss, your VP, your CEO, what do they care about and why? For instance, uh, deflection. It's important to support when they need to reduce costs and improve efficiency. But at a certain point, your VP may stop caring about deflection so much because they're more worried about renewals than cost savings. So you need to find out how your community is impacting customers to renew, which means you need to understand what metrics in the customer lifecycle most impact renewals. Sometimes it's easy to identify that proxy metric that everybody understands and agrees on, but sometimes it's going to take a lot more time and data analysis to prove your point. But it's critical to take that time and you need to tailor it to your business because if you don't, you won't be able to deliver the community that your company needs and your organization will never understand the value that your community provides. Let's talk about getting buy-in. You've held senior level roles and uh, in, in lots of companies. How do I go about approaching a VP or a C-level executive about a community program? How do I get people on board? It comes down to just making it as easy for, as possible for them. You have to talk their language. You have to know what they care about and make sure that you're making it easy for them to visualize your proposal and the value that you're providing. You define the sense of urgency in simple but immediate terms. You package up that solution so it's easy for them to act on. And then be aware of the risks and dependencies and have plans if asked to address them. I mean, honestly, a community initiative should be no different than any other serious business program. So it's just important that you treat it like that and so that they can too. So this is the Customer to Customer podcast and love to know, why do you think getting your community together in real life is as important or is important as opposed to just doing it online? Yeah, I mean, it's about building relationships, isn't it? I mean, if you're only meeting your community members online or in virtual spaces, you're missing out on so many other opportunities to build greater connections and learn so much more deeply than you would otherwise. Why would you limit your personal and professional context online? You wouldn't. So it's so much more valuable connection and communication that occurs in person. So why would you limit your community relationships in the same way? Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, why limit yourself if you can learn, if be open, have a growth mindset? Um, Absolutely. Looking, and we all learn in different ways too. So that's a great, great thought. Okay, as we close this, I'd love to know, tell us about a community that you love and why do you love it? Well, I've uh, for many years been a fan of the Intuit TurboTax community uh, with how integrated they've been within their overall product experience. I mean, you know, taxes are complicated there. It's a frustrating ordeal. But Intuit recognized that this is something that we all go through together. So TurboTax makes it easy for people to access the community within the flow of their product so that we can all leverage each other's experience to either get the help we need or to give back to others. I mean, in that sense, community is a competitive advantage for TurboTax, and it's just a part of the overall offering and experience that they provide. It's amazing. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.